0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon. You're very welcome to Liveline. 51551 for your text, joe at rt.ie for your emails. You can get us on 0818715815. And if you want to send us voice notes on WhatsApp, 0874848888 or from uh, Northern Ireland or Britain, you can get us 0845785333. Now, 30 million euro debt, an operating loss of... €311,000 crippling energy bills every year. How is Cork GAA going to sort out paying back for its flagship stadium, Parky Cueve? Well, the uh, item on the agenda, top item perhaps, although we don't know what the agenda is because it's a closed door meeting, but one of the items that will be discussed tonight by Cork GAA behind closed doors is to whether is whether to change the name of Parky Cueve to Park Supervalue, Supervalue Park, Supervalue Park, but in any case, giving Supervalue exclusive rights to the naming of the stadium. Now, the rationale behind it is, as I've outlined, the stadium debt. Uh, the head of Cork GAA, the CEO, Kevin O'Donovan, said that this will go towards promoting the games, that uh, Cork GA has a responsibility to ensure that the organisation is on a firm financial footing and it's the subject of much interest with people calling into us today with the pros and the cons. Mark O'Donovan, what side are you on? Hey, Colin, most things. Um, I don't really have a problem with it, to be honest with you. The debt is there. Um, €250,000 a year is uh, a nice chunk of money, I think, to be wearing off that debt and um, whether they call it Super Value Park or Park Super Value people will still call it Park Equive anyway so um, I don't have any great problem with it at all Right, you don't think like, Super Value will get at, much bang for their book out of this then, do you? Uh, well, Musgrave Park which was an you know, Irish independent park and now is something else like it's still called Musgrave you're gone. We'll uh, we'll go to Michael Moynihan uh, while we're waiting for you to come back up on the line, Mark. Michael Moynihan, uh, you don't share Mark's view there, do you? Well, I'd have to say I'd be very reticent about getting rid of Patrick O'Keefe's name from the stadium. I think it's... Uh, he was one of the main men in establishing the GA nationwide, and I think there's a fine layer of irony in the fact that the man who, you know, doubled the number of clubs and increased the GA's, you know, plant overall by hundreds of clubs is now being removed from a stadium because of the financial chaos of his home county, to be honest. All right. Well, he he was a man who, as you say, he doubled the number of clubs, but also put the GAA on a sound financial footing and encouraged clubs to buy their own land uh, around the country. For anyone who doesn't know about Parik O'Keefe, he was originally a Roscommon man, but his father was in the Royal Irish Constabulary. They moved to Cork. He got involved in both... um, the uh, in 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 both the uh, the IRA and he was involved in the GAA, but devoted his life after being released from uh, prison and a, a long time in employment. He went full time. Uh, he 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 worked for for the GAA and he expanded the number of clubs across the country. But one of the things he was keen to do was put the GAA on a sound financial footing. So is all of the GAA not really O'Quee's legacy, not just one stadium? Oh, very much so, very much so. But I suppose, you know, he spent most of his life, there's a real life in Cork, he founded Nemo Rangers, which is one of the most famous clubs, obviously, uh, in the entire GA. And I think the fact that it's the financial travails that the Cork County Board have gotten themselves into, which have made this necessary, actually makes this all the more regrettable. I know the family have been out 
saying they're very disappointed with this kind of neglect of tradition and history by removing his name if that's done. And I think they certainly have a point because the GA is very strong on its tradition and heritage aspect. And I think if you start removing these names, etc., you're on a slippery slope. And it's reported in the Irish Examiner today, and it should be said that the Irish Examiner uh, was the paper that revealed this story today that has given rise to this discussion. But it's it's revealed today that the uh, there was a proposal for a compromise name retaining the O'Keeve element uh, in in the, in the the stadium's name, but that that was dropped. Is there anything? Can you shed any light on that? Well, yeah, I suppose I should declare this. I worked for the examiner, I suppose, before we go any further. All right, yeah. I, th- I, I, I think this ties into your point about this county board meeting this evening, because that's an obvious point to be raised by delegates at that meeting, the nuts and bolts of how this decision was arrived at. Unfortunately, as you also pointed out, the media are banned from these county board meetings, a decision that was taken just a week ago. No, I suppose the cynic would ask why the media were banned a week before possibly the most contentious meeting of the county board in many, many months, if not years. But unfortunately, we will not get an answer to that precise question through any official channels this evening or through media reporting. All right. In that statement from Kevin O'Sullivan, who's the CEO of Cork GAA, he says a major opportunity to ensure the success of Cork GAA, supported by one Cork, was a wider commercial strategy. It includes the naming rights for the biggest assets within Cork GAA's control, which is Porky Cueve. Now, you mentioned the debt there. I mean, however it was clocked up, I suppose those in charge of Cork GAA at the moment could say, we are where we are and we have to dig ourselves out of it. So it's either commercial sponsorship or they're going to have to turn to fundraising, or they're going to have to hike ticket prices, or maybe look at other avenues. Maybe this is the lesser of two evils. Well, clearly, with a debt of that size, all opportunities and all options must be considered. I think there's a general acknowledgement of that. You know, no large organisation is running good wishes and volunteers alone. I think what goes here is that there's a clear contradiction between aligning yourself with the tradition of a county with a history like no other, and yet at the first opportunity, it appears you're ready to drop the name that commemorates one of that county's most famous uh, people. Now, there is a debate to be had this evening. And again, without being overly cynical, one would wonder if there be a revelation this evening that on consideration, Supervalue Park and Key will be the preferred option. And you would hope that decision would be taken. Because if it isn't, you're only left to conclude that in these negotiations, it didn't take very much for the Eve part of the stadium name to be dropped. So it, 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 if, if one were to be cynically minded to take that to its logical conclusion, you, per, you think perhaps the, uh, the super value park, uh, or to be more grammatically correct about it, I suppose, if it is to end up that way, park super value or super value park, you think that's an extreme straw man that's to be set up with the compromise of maybe super value parky Cueve to be revealed later to allay the concerns of people who thought it was going to be an entirely commercial naming of the stadium. Well, I have to say, shame on you for that kind of cynicism. As if to, <laughs> right. that could possibly... Well, I was, I was just... Mind, mind no, I, I, look, I think on a, on a serious note, you know, a lot of what the GA claims to stand for, volunteerism, heritage, even the Irish language seems to have been forgotten very quickly here. And I think that's deeply disappointing to a lot of people even acknowledging the realities of a vast, vast debt that has to be serviced. And I think there will be some testing questions 
for the people who negotiated that this evening when the delegates to the Cork County Board ask why Parky Keeve does not remain part of the stadium name, especially when that matter has come up at previous meetings and in correspondence with various clubs. All right, you just won't be there to hear those testing questions because we say it's an in-camera uh, meeting. Stay with us, Michael. I just want to go back to Mark O'Donovan, who we lost there. Mark, um, you're looking at the blunt reality of a €30 million Euro debt and a €300,000 uh, Euro operating loss for last year. And if on balance is your argument that this is what it takes to dig Cork GAA out of that debt, then so be it. Yeah, well, I suppose, look, the, the renaming or the sponsorship deal with SuperValue is part of a different, it's part of a package of measures, I suppose, that Cork GAA are putting in place. Like like you mentioned, the one Cork there a while ago and the Rebels Bounty and these things that are going on to raise money in the county. But I suppose one thing that would be a huge benefit to the county maybe would be if people started supporting the county teams and really going supporting our footballers or camogie players or ladies footballers and bringing people in through the gates and I think Cork J would be in a better place and more support than as well. That might be a help, you know. And the cost of running teams, because I noticed that um, the uh, chair of the Munster branch of the GAA, uh, Gerard Ryan, raised a concern at a, at a recent meeting uh, which was covered. The, the inter-county game across the country, the backroom costs and everything, has re- reached 35 million as an estimate. That's up 10%. 11 million in Lo- Munster alone. Cork, the biggest county, uh, must make up quite a bit of that. But it seems that the, all counties must be put to the pin of their collar to get money for an awful lot of things and servicing debt on the stadium or huge, as, as it's described, I think, in the examiner today, crippling energy costs for the stadium must be a fairly heavy burden. Yeah, I would think it's putting an awful lot of pressure on counties, but I suppose at the end of the day, we're still looking at an amateur uh, player that has to recover and rest and get ready for the next game. He needs to be supported in any which way he can be. And I suppose the levels of coaching and stuff that guys are getting now and girls are getting in at inter-county level has gone very high. So with trying to conditioning and all these costs that are following it, like the cost of running an inter-county team has gone through the roof. But I suppose the reason is because the level of game we're getting to watch, I suppose, has gone through the roof compared to what it was in the past as well, you know. Sure, and as you say, the demands on players to, to get to train, to get the right training, to have dietitians yeah. and all of that other, uh, yeah. all of the other things that are needed to play yeah. what's, in fairness, an elite game. John Arnold, uh, good afternoon to you. How are you? Park Super Value, how does it sit with you? It sits very bad with me. Like I had the news last night, I'm actually out of the country in Hollandale. Like you could be cynical, they could, you could say, I suppose, they knew I wouldn't get the county board meeting tonight, so that's why they banned the media, and I suppose that's why they tried to run through this and money, saying that that's not the reason. But when I had the first last night, I thought it was maybe an April fool's joke, the someone was saying it to me. Like, uh, my reaction initially was a mixture of kind of anger and, 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 and sadness and, 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 and disbelief. Michael Moyne hadn't mentioned it there with a go, like, a bit of all those things. I mean, it's just unbelievable. You look at all the other counties, and we're talking about huge crippling costs. Other counties haven't as big a debt as us, obviously. But a lot of other counties have gone down the road of naming rights for their stadiums. But they haven't forgotten the name. Simple Stadium is still there. Welsh Park is still there. Nolan Park is there. Well, Colin see, Park, see, see, Yeah, there's 17 other counties have sold the naming rights to the county grants. We might as well run through them. There's the TUS Gaelic Grounds in Limerick. There's the FBD Semple Stadium in Tipperary. There's Chadwick's Wexford Park. There's Echelon Park in Wicklow. 
uh, UPMC Nolan Park in Kilkenny, Netwatch Cullen Park in Carlow, Leash Hire O'More Park in Leash, uh, Cedral St. Conlats Park in Kildare, Glenisk O'Connor Park in Offaly, TEG Cusack Park in Westmeath, Glennon Brothers Pierce Park in Longford, Protection and Prosperity Louth Training Centre in Louth, Brefney, Kingspan Brefney in Cavan, Boxit Athletic Grounds in Armagh, O'Neill's Healy Park in Tyrone, Avant Money Park, Sean McDermott uh, in Leitrim, and Hastings Insurance, McHale Park in Mayo. And the marketing departments of all of those companies for those naming rights needn't, need, needn't call in uh, and express their thanks, but they're the, uh, the 17 other counties that and, have sold and, their naming and, rights. And, 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 yeah, and the common team with all those is that every single one of them, every single one of them maintained the original name and I mean, we've gone, you went through yourself the history of Father Gokeef and his role in developing the GNR debt. And I know we have a mammoth task, and we know we have a crippling debt, and I know, I know it must be covered. But the level of anger and frustration, and the last speaker there said there, we need to as we get over it, is more and more people go through the gates and more and more people support the county teams. Well, I can tell you, less and less people, the number of people that have rang me last night and this morning, as I said, I'm not even in the country. It's just stunning. There's a seething level of anger. And I'm being emotional. And I don't make any apology for being emotional. This, to my mind, is like selling our souls. We have principles in the GA, and we approached this sponsorship deal with SuperValue, and our bottom line was, seems to be in here, we have principles. But if you don't like our principles, we'll get other ones for you instead. I mean, that seems to me, it's a mixture of, of taking the king shilling, taking the fatty piece of silver, and selling our soul. I mean, what, what, like the initial speaker said there, if this was a sponsorship deal, I might be in favor of naming rights, but I'm a realist, I'm a pragmatist. We have a huge debt, and we have to try and get over it. So if it was going to be called super value practically, for practically super value, Look, people might be over-happy about it, but I don't think you'd have that seething level of anger. I absolutely right. didn't know. To my mind, it's, it's an utter disgrace. It's selling our soul for a price. It's kind of like, it's like, it, it's never like prostituting the great value we had down the years. That we, we valued people like Padre Gokwee, we valued their role, and now suddenly, as Michael Miner said, you can fire their name out, draw them on the doobie, we don't give a damn. And if that's the I, future attitude of those running Park County Board, we have absolutely no chance. We have no chance of clearing the debt, but that's the way they're going to carry on. And then the Stalinistic, Putinistic attitude of banning the media. Look, it's a different issue, but God, I'm noisy. We'll be appealing to the media for more coverage for Gaelic games, more coverage for hurling and football. And how do we react in Cockburn? Again, in our own unique way, the rebel attitude. And, 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 it's absolutely crazy. and if you were in the country, would you be at that meeting this evening? Well, I would, yeah, because I would, if I was there, I'd be, uh, I, yeah, I'm a club delegate and just talking on my behalf here because our club, no club has had a chance to meet this. This was brought, no, chance, a club, no club has had a chance for their own club delegates going to that meeting tonight to vote it because I think the first time it hit the media at home was yesterday. So every club in the county was meeting last night and now it's going to be presented to the delegates tonight. Maybe there's a fallback position. Maybe they'll throw the worst scenario first of Padraig O'Keefe's name being thrown on the Dugheap and maybe then they'll come back and say, right lads, if you're against that, we'll go for super value, party queen. That's a queer way of negotiating. Normally, I thought, when you're going to negotiating, you have bottom lines and you don't go under them bottom lines. But as far as the county board and Cox seems to be with that negotiating, 
I never mentioned that they said to any proposed sponsor, look, we want naming rights. Well, but it, the bottom line is the name of the stadium shall stay party green, put your own name in front of it, over it, behind it, the back of it, but you don't get rid of it. You don't get rid of it. Well, it has to be sacrosanct. It has to be said. The only, the, uh, we, we have, you know, we, we have the reporting of the examiner today that understands that uh, sources in Cork GAA understands from sources in Cork GAA that uh, the the proposal of a kind of a hybrid name uh, should be dropped. It should be pointed out that the the only the, the county that doesn't have a name apart from its sponsor in the park is uh, on on the stadium is in Wicklow, Echelon Park in Wicklow, which uh, is O'Byrne Park, but is now Echelon Park. But uh, how, whether that was officially O'Byrne Park before that, or whether it was known as O'Byrne Park in in Ockram, it was known as also as the pitch. Yeah, and, uh, look, I, 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 I'm not sure that here, but all I know is, and look, long before my time, he died in 1964, but he was made General Secretary in 1929 after the GM. He was there until 1964. As you said, he brought in the policy of clubs buying their own grounds, of counties having developing grounds. I remember when the old athletic grounds was being knocked and demolished in the early 70s and Parky Queen was being built, there was a £100 loan scheme. I remember my own mother, a widow, wearing five children. She was asked for the £100 and she gave the £100. She could even afford it, but she gave it because she thought it was a worthy project. And just people like that, that have kept the thing going. And I know we have a debt, a huge debt, but we have a magnificent stadium. We have a magnificent stadium. And that will be clear. And there's no talk for them about, you know, you probably don't know, you know the Cock County Board. We have a land bank on the corner of Cock City, which will be developed up in Kilbarry. Okay, we might only get five million for us. We might only get 10 million for us. That's the figure they're talking about. But that will significantly eat into into the day. And I'm, look, as I said initially, I'm right, not saying we shouldn't have naming rights. I'm saying we'll have them with as a standard of our soul and commercially only, you know? All right. Uh, John, you're calling in uh, from, from calling us from Cork as, as well. What do you make of the idea of... Uh, Super Value Park or Super Value Park and dropping the O'Quive element of it or the Equive element. Hello, Colm. Well, look, I, I, I'm just talking from the point of view of ordinary people in the street. To my knowledge, when people talk about Parky Quive, they refer to it as the park. That's all, the park. So Super Value would be better off now keeping their money and reducing their prices if they have money to throw away. Because it's only on paper this is going to appear. Uh, we have a Christie Ring Bridge here in Cork. And what we call is the Opera House Bridge, because that's where it is. So no one's going to go around talking about Super Value Park. It's ridiculous. Now, funny enough, the road leading to Parky Cueve is called Centre Parks Road. Maybe they'd be better off changing that to Centra Parks Road, because as far as I know, most graves are behind Centra as well. So maybe they might think about that. I ha- but otherwise, let them save their money, for God's sake, tonight. It's ridiculous. I heard the uh, the mayor of Cork speaking to my colleague Claire Byrne earlier, and he was saying that it takes a lot to have something named after you personally in Cork. That often things you know are named after where they are, uh, or just given a nickname. But to, to have something named after you personally is an achievement that shouldn't be dropped lightly. Would you agree with that? I suppose, but like I'm saying, in the practical everyday life, life on the streets. These things 
جان منظور چال در آنی ایشوز پر در میدیا ریلی این در دی تی دی پرلانس پیپل هم در آنیمز پر دنگز امین would you believe it we have Musgrave Park there now on the south side everyone knows it as Musgrave Park I believe it's supposed to be known officially as the Irish Independent Park honestly some of these people they have more, bra- they have more money than brains throw away money on stupid things like that I think it's to when be they changed put their money to good use there's plenty of good causes if they have money to spare that they could uh, turn to so that's my view when you right. call them. And you're, you're ringing us from your sick bed, John. You, you sound like you have a bit of a dose exactly there. How are you keeping bed, But I'm recovering, you know. All right. <laughs> Did you have it for long? Is one of those, there's a dose going around, it's taken a couple of weeks to shake. How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, exactly. It's one of those, sure, every second person has it, really. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You're looking after yourself. What's the, any... Uh, I am. But then again, I suppose <laughs> the money that super value are putting up is not to be sneezed at. <laughs> you don't, it sounds like you've done a bit of sneezing over the last while anyway you're you're you're, you're okay, clearing up anyway you're on the road to recovery uh, Michael, what are you doing on Liveline today I normally hear you on the, the late debate yeah I'll be back on the late debate tomorrow I'm on Liveline just standing oh, in yeah, yeah. St- standing in standing for a day the, I listen to you on the late debate. Oh, well, keep listening. We're, we're, we're on, yeah, on the Saturday. Keep, keep going because we, we're, we're glad of everybody who tunes in and thanks very much for tuning into that. Yeah, not at all. It's interesting, you know. Yeah, good. You're into the politics, are you? Plenty of questions anyway and stick with it. You'll get the answer. Make sure they answer the question you ask. That's the thing. All right, well, I'll, I'll, all right, I'll, I'll bear that in mind, John. Good advice. Thanks very much. Yeah. Uh, Jer- Jerry Trainer. Thank you. Good afternoon, Shane. How are you? I, I, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Not a bit under the weather, but you're all right. You're another, all right. Thanks for a, a, another dose going round. I hope you didn't catch it off, oh. John, on the other line, did you? <laughs> I might be a bit... We'd, we'd hate I to think we were responsible for putting you up on the same switchboard <laughs> and, and transmitting I, it. I caught him from, from someplace anyway, and it wasn't really him in a park with Creve, I suppose, and I'm not responsible for it. No, I was just, it just caught my ear there when one of the gentlemen was speaking, and he actually said... Uh, he actually said, well, look, he said it's the same thing. He said they're going to call it Parker Creeve anyway, you know. And it's, it just came to my mind like that. And i had been going through Lansdowne Road since I was, you know, 20 years of age. I'd say. I haven't been there now for a while, a few years ago, my wife at that, the rugby. But it's always, I, I, I think Lansdowne Road, I say Lansdowne Road, the Aviva might slip over my head. But, you know, it's, it's something like the university in Galway would say. Well, it's, the, it's college to me or UCG. I'd struggle a bit to give you the official name of it. You know, I think the, 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 art, the other college, the RTC, is probably the, the Atlantic University, that type of thing. So I'd say it, it, it's this, from the point of view of uh, the Cork County, County Board, they need, they need some money. I'd say good for them, good for them, and they will get some through this renaming, I'd say. But it will be, I would imagine, to the locals and people who follow the GIA there, it'll be Parker Creeve, you know? Yeah, I you, you, you think whatever whatever it's done, it'll be good enough to raise the money. But the dropping of the equive element of the name, you don't think it really makes that much of a difference? Yeah, it, 
I'd say it probably doesn't. There will be, a, I suppose, there will. Some people would say, look, we need just to be absolute and keep out these names and so on and so forth. But I, I, I don't think so. To the, you know, to, to the followers, I could say it will be. It'll be in their heads and their minds. It'll be Park O'Keefe. They'll say Park O'Keefe. They'll think Park O'Keefe. Just like I've been thinking, it's Lansdowne Road. You know, this University College Galway, that type of thing. Yeah, and the Paris Stadium were to be renamed in Galway. To me, tomorrow, it'll probably be gone out of my head. What the name? What, what name will be put on in a monthly but still either the stadium or the Pierce Stadium, you know? Although once the official name change happens, you know, broadcasters, newspapers, everybody else starts calling it by the new name. Oh, of course they do. Yeah. I, 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 under, I understand that. But as I said to you, if I'm, if I'm looking at a newspaper, if I'm looking at a newspaper that about a report from, from Lansdowne Road, as I call it, you know, naturally enough, it will be, they'll be talking about the Aviva. I, I, I won't, how would you say, my mind won't even kind of they are taking the Aviva part of it, you know? And are you... I do it, though. It is a change, I'm saying, an official change and on station papers and so on and so forth. I appreciate that, you know? But that's just my own uh, top and sort on, if you want a better word, you know? All right. Thanks very much for that, Jer- uh, Jerry. Peter, you're, 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 you're calling... Down. Take care. All right. Have all the best to you. Good recovery. Uh, Peter Dooley, good afternoon to you. Hi, Colin. How are you? I'm not too bad. What do you make of the name change? The proposed, I, sorry, sorry, we should, we should say the proposed uh, name change, uh, but uh, Cork GA have declined to comment in advance of uh, tonight's closed door meeting. But we understand from the, the, the Irish examiner that this is what's on the table, exclusively being called Park, Super, super Value Park or Super Value Park. You, what's your view on it? Well, as, as a dub and as a proud lover of our Gaelic games and our history and heritage, I think it's absolutely another drive towards the corporatism of GAA. I think it's abysmal. Like, if you consider all the county grounds around uh, around the country, like with great Irish uh, patriots, such as uh, Michael Cusick and, you know, Cusick Park and Ennis and all these places, which are fantastically identified with Irish history, I think this is another further erosion and a drive towards more corporatism, I think, which is actually at a... An erosion of our uh, of our culture and our history, I think, which is very important um, at this particular juncture. I think you know, but I think it's, 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 there's other ways you can spend money, like gladly spend money and investing in in, in uh, young people and development in, in Cork if they want to, and do it that way rather than name change because this is just cynically a, a corporate move that we just for advertising really uh, rather than and taking the heart and soul out of the. Uh, Parky Cave, which is uh, indelibly identified with um, Secretary General of the GA for over 35 years. Like, you know, they, right. they, they were the people that built this, uh, built their game and built the built the country to the, the state it's in today. Like, and do you think stadiums should ever have been named after anyone? Because, you know, they're either named after, you know, named after bishops or political figures uh, or, you know, different grounds, different clubs are named after that. Would they have been better sticking with maybe geographical names in order for, if nothing else, cross-community appeal and a certain level of neutrality? No, I don't think so. I think it's very important to, in, in in terms of our history, it's very important that people set up for our Gaelic games are indelibly intertwined with our, with our struggle for independence uh, and our struggle for a national identity as well. So I think it's very important to remember people who stood up for previous generations on, on that uh, fronts like you know, you look at other county grounds, Dr. Cullen Park, and other grounds they're indelibly uh, uh, identified with people's identity and p- sense of place and sense of culture and sense of identity, and, and that's what the GA is really all about. But the, the whole approach of the GA in particular has been a serious drive towards corporatism. You've seen that with the you know, even with RTE, for instance, with the, the non free tear games and all this sort of stuff going on as well. Like, these are our national games, and they should be. 
you know, promoted and uh, available for everybody but, but, in but, Ireland to but, enjoy and, and be but, part but of. But can they compete? Because, you know, the Cork GAA statement says that the money that they get and Cork being on a sustainable footing will enable them to, for example, support the Rebel Og initiative, which is about the growth and survival of the Games. In order for people to watch it, it has to compete for, you know, television time and everything else as an entertaining elite sport. It's costing millions to provide the uh, backroom supports that the players need uh, and, and everything else. So, and, and the redevelopment of the stadium to to uh, to the level it's at has cost a huge amount. It's it's cost, oh, it's left yeah, Cork with a debt fully, of 30 million. I fully appreciate uh, the circumstances and what the circumstances the Cork County Board and County Boards are in. Like, but like there's other ways, initiatives you can look at things without actually touching the history and identity of our places. I think, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I think, why don't they invest uh, directly into uh, underage facilities and underage development in terms of getting more people involved with it? And as I said, like the, the, the government have a huge role to play in terms of uh, supporting their games as well, in terms of uh, doing as much as they can to support our games. And like even Parky Key, for example, like I'd be of, of a view that they should be used for all sports. Like, you know, it should be used as well. You know, as, as for GAA, it should be open to to rugby and soccer games. If, I don't know if you remember well, a number of years ago. That's not, what huge, huge that's not what Porico Cueve would have wanted. He was against the well, playing of, of other well, sports. If we're going to be I true to his legacy, should you be playing other games in Porky Cueve? Although I, I know there is one one coming up, uh, a Munster rugby match coming up to be played in uh, in Cor- Porky Cueve, I think against the Stormers. But at, at the same time, uh, Porico Cueve was a man who was resolutely uh, pro-GAA and only GAA. Well, I think I think you can be still uh, very remembered of, of people's history and their and their perspective as well. But you have to be inclusive as well in this day and age as well, and be be realistic in terms of the use of our stadia, like in terms of opening it up to communities as well. Like as I said a number of years ago, when the Lee Miller testimonial was being held down there, it was fantastic to see a full house in, in Parky Heath, which is a beautiful stadium and a great uh, Cork uh, supporters. I've been down there a couple of times, and they're fantastic supporters, Cork. Uh, as well they love their games as well they love all their sports they love their, right. their, their rugby they love all their sports like, so I think you could, you'd be, there's other ways you can look at it to try and to get the revenue in in are, terms of opening it up to, 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 to other sports are, are you speaking from a slightly privileged position Peter in that you're, you're, a, you're a, clearly a Dublin GAA fan <laughs> but if you look through the list of the 17 counties who've sold the naming rights to county grounds Dublin is not among them maybe there are greater resources in Dublin that afford you the luxury of purity no, I don't think so. I think I think uh, there's some criticisms. I have a Dublin County Board as well in terms of uh, commercial deals they do with companies as well. But at the same time, I understand the the, the need to get uh, support and, and uh, as much as possible. But I think that should be done in a proper uh, cohesive way, and it should be done through you know the state as well. Should be heavily involved in supporting sport because it's such a fantastic outlet for so many people to have, and it's a great resource we have on our doorstep. We're, we're actually privileged to see all these great county grounds all up and down the country, and. Uh, Fast part, parts of the year, you'd, you'd be, if you'd be driving past the places, they'd be nearly empty. And it's a shame. Like, look at Gaelic, the Gaelic Grounds in Limerick, uh, where you could have a Munster game there, perhaps. You know, Pierce Stadium in Galway, which is a fantastic stadium that could be opened up as well. Perhaps for Connacht, they wanted to have a big game there as well. So you should be looking at trying to, to, to have smaller grounds, but at the same time, use your bigger ones for bigger events and stuff. And that's probably a more a commercial appropriate right. way to move it. And for the role of the state, you know, 311,000 of an operating uh, loss last year in, in, uh, for the stadium and a 30 million debt. Is it really the job of the state to pay that off? Well, I think sport offers undeniable benefits to the health of the nation and the, apart from the physical health and me- mental health of the nation. It's a fantastic uh, 
resource to have and it's it's, a, it's really a no-brainer isn't it to invest in your forest sporting facilities and to give them as much support as possible rather than having uh, for this and future generations for young children and stuff up and down the country all right. who love, our, love playing all sports column. Alright Peter thanks for that we're back with more after this Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815 Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815 51551 for your text joe at rte.ie if you want to WhatsApp us some voice notes 087 484 or from Northern Ireland or Britain 087 0845 here Jay Collins good afternoon to you Hi, Colm. How are you? I'm very good. You're uh, concerned about how widely enjoyed television can be, specifically subtitling. Well, I'll tell you what it is. Um, My parents are both elderly and they rely on the subtitling service that has always been there. But I popped in yesterday to check on them, see how they were. And um, I spoke to my mum and she said they don't do the subtitling on the news anymore. They don't do the subtitling on the Late Late Show anymore. So... I thought, well, maybe it's just an issue with the box that they had. So I checked in the other room and it was the same. And they told me that since the last two months, there's been no subtitling on a variety of shows on RT. All right. So they they, they have it on some uh, programmes. They don't on the other. Now, we, we've been in touch with RT on this uh, and they say that they, they do broadcast subtitles on this, but there are technical issues relating to uh, some Virgin Media set-top boxes. But this particular issue is obviously impacting on your parents' ability to enjoy the news and keep up to date. It is, but not just the news. So so you mentioned there are some things that they can watch with the subtitles, like soaps, for whatever reason, haven't been impacted um, in the evening. But daytime has. And the issue is, for my mother and father, they rely on it so much that when it's gone, I think the best way to describe it would be if you had a hearing person and you... Uh, took away the, the the vision, the image of a of a of the news, and just left them for two months without uh, without being able to uh, read what's happening. They wouldn't put up for it. They wouldn't like a hearing person wouldn't put up for two months of of a, a technical issue like this impairing their their enjoyment of of the news. But I think the deaf community, in a lot of ways, are, are forgotten about. And there's 120,000 people in Ireland who who are deaf or hard of hearing. So and they don't really have a voice sometimes. Like my mum and dad aren't able to come onto Liveline and speak for themselves to get the point across about uh, how much, like how awful it is not to be able to enjoy the news or their programmes like they always have. So it's it's it becomes uh, my kind of responsibility to to do that, and it, it it's not great, Colin. And it, as with regards to the Virgin issue, well, Virgin haven't you know they never sent out any information to anybody. Um, my mum and dad never got anything saying that there was technical issues and bear with us and we're trying to sort it out. Nothing at all. Like it's been completely zero for a two months now. And uh, the, the the signed news for the deaf that's on uh, RTE, obviously it's it's a shorter bulletin. Uh, your parents want to watch the full news bulletin uh, with, with all of the detail uh, involved in that with subtitlings. Is that it? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But it's not just the news. It's the Late Late Show. So, you know, like they, they watch that religiously and they have for decades and now they're not able to enjoy that. And that's just, it's one of a good few programmes that it's happened. So it's not just a news-related issue, but I can I can see it's a big thing for them. Like one in 12 Irish adults have permanent hearing loss. And, and, and I've read about this one from the Irish Deaf Society. In the over 70s group, That's one, that's, that rises to six 
in 12 adults have permanent acquired hearing loss. So they'd be reliant on subtitles for, for keeping up with the news if they're not on smartphones. And my mother wouldn't be a smartphone person, for instance. She would rely on, on seeing what's happening on the news in front of her to keep up, uh, along with the, the newspaper that she reads. So it, it is a huge issue. And I think they've been forgotten about. And it's actually, I think it's a little bit uh, worse than that. Hearing impaired and deaf people, they pay the licence fee like the rest of the hearing population. So why are RCA a true virgin enjoy uh, ignoring their needs and discrimination against them in, with, with regards to this? They've totally been forgotten about. And it's funny, if, if I hadn't picked up on a jest today and sent a tweet in, I don't think nobody would have contacted anybody to, to let them know that the subtitles are gone. And I think they would have just been happy to let it slide, Colin. All right. Well, they, uh, they they say that subtitles are monitored on their playout and recorded uh, for compliance purposes. And they say they are working with Virgin Media Ireland and their supplier to to resolve the issues. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But, you know, from what you're saying there, this this is not the first time you, you've advocated on behalf of your parents for frust- issues of frustration that uh, that they've encountered in terms of uh, services catering for people who have lost hearing or who have been deaf all their lives. Absolutely. Like I'm one of three three children in my family and we're all adult, adults now. We're all hearing, but my mum and dad have always been hard of hearing. So we've always had to advocate on behalf of them whenever dealing with public services uh, and the like of that. But just on the subtitling thing, like we grew up with that our whole lives watching subtitling on, on, on the TV. And what I even noticed was some some providers were better with subtitling than others, and this would be something that hearing people wouldn't have a clue about. But you'd notice that a, a certain a certain station would be a hundred percent what was said on the screen would be what would reappear on the subtitle, and a lot of them then it became sixty percent, seventy percent. They started leaving out words and leaving out lines, which I thought was kind of crazy. But now, Colin, in, in the age where there's live captioning through technology and software if you like for instance if you have a youtube video and you upload a video onto youtube you can caption that fairly quickly with the right technology so i don't really buy what virgin are saying they're having a technical issue it's that software is freely and readily available and i don't think it costs a million pounds either i'm wondering what the story is i mean it's probably a bit easier with pre-recorded programs that are there in the can to accurately subtitle them and maybe maybe slightly more challenging with uh with live programs. With a live program. Yeah. But like, I, I mean... Like it, for it, instance, BBC would never have had, like, I, like I've watched RT News before. It was always like, there was maybe like a half a second delay, whatever the software that was would kick in and you would get it. You, I would see the word appearing maybe half a second after the person spoke it. But that's, it's always been around. So if, if we had it before... Where's it gone now and why is it gone? Well, as you say, I'm, wa- I'm actually watching two television screens in studio here. One of them is yeah. the RT News Now channel and the uh, subtitles are popping up on it. There's a, a program, a p- package on about the um, the Book of Kells at the moment. And then on a screen right. beside it, you've got Sky News, which the subtitles are coming up, uh, albeit uh, with a yeah. slight delay so that when people are in studio throwing over to a particular package, you can still see to a certain degree sure. uh, what's, what's still been said in studio. But as you say, I mean, this has been available in some form for quite a long time. You used to have to key in, I think, treble eight on your on your air oh, yeah, to throw yeah, the old treble eight. Yeah. Remember what, Airtel. What kind of a service was that? It was okay. It was good, yeah. That's that that would have been the one I would have grown up in the house with before I moved out. Airtel was good, yeah. Airtel and Did T-Pack. that cover live programmes? Um I can't re- that's a good question. I should have asked my should have asked my dad that. 
I think it did for some things for big events where they where they uh, wanted to cover, but I, I wouldn't say for every single live event. Right. Definitely for the for the for the soaps and, and things like that that have been pre-recorded, pre-made in advance. Yes, but I can't I can't speak to that. But I would say that uh, Ertel was very good back in the day, and uh, you know the triple A thing, uh, it worked. And in terms of Irish sign language provision, I mean, people would have known noticed maybe during the pandemic in particular. Uh, the signage of press conferences and the like came into its own. There was there was normally somebody signing uh, mm. in the background to the press conference. Is that something your parents relied on? Did they use Irish sign language? Did you learn it as kids growing up? I did, yeah. I did. I, I learned it. Uh, I'm not fluent in it. People in my family were better at it. But um, my dad actually, uh, he he became a sign language teacher and he's a fantastic sign language teacher and he, I'm sure he's got loads of people right across Dublin, Kildare, Loud and Mead. So, I have a huge respect for anybody who who knows sign language, and um, I, I would love that. In terms of the question about uh, seeing in the press conferences, yeah, I thought it was great. Whenever I, whenever I see it, I thought that's brilliant. It's been included, but then I always thought then uh, when you're watching a TV program, if it's news, okay, that's fair enough. But if you're watching a TV program to have something else kind of coming in, this is only my opinion, it might not be my father or my mother's, but to have another image coming in where it's it's taking away from the full image, and you're seeing somebody else sign, it can be a little bit distracting but I think for news and current affairs it makes total sense but for other programmes maybe less so and that's why the subtitling 100% needs to be there well, for, as, for that so. and, and as you say there, there will be people who know Irish Sign Language maybe maybe from, from school did, did your parents go to uh, schools for people with hearing loss or, or schools for the deaf they did, growing yeah. up they did yeah, yeah. The, both of them did yeah. my mum went to the to the girls school for the deaf in Cabra and my, and my dad went to the boys school yeah absolutely so and they have a whole huge story about about all of that that they could write a write a book about. So I've 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 just seen from growing up with them like the the things that they haven't been able to get that here and people have been able to get and uh like they've had like they've deaf how, people how, have had it tough in Ireland. So, how did they meet? Um that's a good <laughs> that's a good question as well. I think through friends, but I think it was part I think it was because of the schools, Colin. I think it was because of the schools that because of that deaf community in, in Dublin, people would be would be meeting each other obviously if you're deaf. It's going to be harder to strike up a relationship back in the in the seventies, sixties, and seventies with uh, with somebody who's uh, who's not deaf. So, um, yeah, they're married a long time now, and they're very happy. But uh, I'd love to get those subtitles back for them. Yeah, and I, I, as you say, there, it's not just people who have had uh, lifelong hearing loss who are affected by this. People with no. age will lose hearing. There are people who who may just not be able to make out what the dialogue is. Who would welcome yeah, uh, the it. use the use of <laughs> subtitles as well? Well, that's it. And when I, when I was just before I came on air, I just wanted to get the facts. So the CSO figure says there's 103,000 people who are deaf and hard of hearing in Ireland. But all those 103,000 people, they might not be using the full range of services because, like you said, they might have became deaf later uh, in life or they might have had it through an accident or something like that. So it's the subtitling and the and, and the, the on-screen sign interpreter right. is one of a few different things that they need. I just want to clarify something with you, Jay, because even though mm. it is an issue with Virgin Boxes, it's an RTE tech issue. Uh, for, for So it's, 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 it's not a Virgin issue, it's an right. RTE okay. tech issue okay, well, with, with the Virgin Boxes. So it still lies with, I think, RTE, on the RTE with end RTE. of things uh, to, to, to push this. So it, it, not taking well, away from, 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 no. from, uh, from, from the reason uh, from, 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 from the reason behind your call and, and well, where you're raising okay, it. I appreciate the clarification. And then even more so, they pay their licence fee and they always have. 
So they should have right. the basic service that they need so they can enjoy their news like they always have. But I, I appreciate you. OK, well, you're after starting something here. Thanks for that, Jay. Uh, Anne Kenny, I good don't. afternoon for you. Uh, good afternoon to you. Well, Colin, I am so pleased that this is being aired. So thank you very much to the previous caller and to you. Jay, yeah. Um, well, thank you for, for calling in. What's what's your take on it? What's your experience right. of it? I, I am an advocate of subtitles because I have an acquired hearing loss. I don't sign. I, You know, people with acquired hearing don't sign. Now, I'm lucky I have a television that gives me subtitles, but the quality of the subtitles on the news and on any current affairs programme is really poor. And if people would just switch down the sound and watch the subtitles, you would realise how frustrating it is. They follow the item before. Do you know what I mean? You could be talking about Gaza on the news and you're on about something in the courts on your subtitles. But they're really important to people like me and to lots of people with a hearing loss. And so Does that makes sense too. It, so it's out of sync. So you're watching you're watching a, a news bulletin on occasion, and the subtitling that's up is referring to is it the previous package? Is it exactly, exactly? All right. Well, as and you say, I, I'm I'm watching I'm watching it now. So there's uh, there's the subtitles are coming up. Uh, they just finished on something about Donald Trump, and or we're talking about the arrest of somebody else, and then something else is showing up at the moment. So there is there is definitely a timing delay uh, on on the news program I'm watching on RT News now at the moment. Exactly, and sometimes a sentence will stay on for maybe a minute. I don't understand the technology behind it, but I'm sure it could be better. So maybe we can start something today. And, and do you mind me asking, Anne, how, how do you manage? I mean, we're having a conversation here. You can hear me at the moment. But so how did you manage in terms of your own hearing? Technology is fantastic. I have two hearing aids now. And when you ring me, it goes straight into my hearing aid. I couldn't talk to you on a landline because I wouldn't be able to hear you. So and you have Bluetooth hearing, hearing aids, is it? Yes, exactly. And without hearing aids, I couldn't communicate. So they're a godsend. They're not as good as normal hearing, but they really are fantastic. And have you found the technology has improved over time on them? Are they better now than when you first lost your hearing? Oh, hugely, because I um, lost my hearing in my 40s. I am now in my 70s, and it's got better and better. So I'm very positive and very hopeful. But not not everybody knows about the things that you can get to help you hear. And particularly if you get your hearing loss in maybe your 70s. Maybe you won't buy in, but it, but it is out there. Uh, and there's a charity called Chimes, and anybody can contact them about hearing loss. Um, but in, in this instance here, the, the the subtitles, the issue you're on to talk about, you find, them, you, you find them less than adequate, mm-hmm. but uh, at, the, at the same time, a, a major help uh, in terms of your enjoyment of, of, of television. Sure. If you watch any pre-recorded program, uh, be it a film or a soap or anything that's pre-recorded, for instance, the documentary last night about a priest in Ireland, the subtitles were absolutely perfect. I couldn't have watched it without them. It's only on live programs and it is more challenging. I heard you say that, but I think they can do better. All right. Well, it, it, the, the, and have you, do you mind me asking uh, in terms of your, your uh 
box that you have for, for getting it. Have, have you lost any subtitles or are you just talking about how, how synchronised they are? No, I, I'm lucky. Uh, I have an air box and I haven't lost them, but I do know other people. It depends on who your provider is. So I haven't lost them. I just find that the quality is very frustrating. So I think it might be a virgin issue for the couple that their son was talking about. All right. Well, if anybody has been alerted to this, uh, or if you're in communication, text communication with uh, a deaf friend or relative or somebody with hearing loss and you want to text them to tell them we're covering it and you, you want to get their perspective on it and they want to send their perspective to us by text, don't forget we are on 51551 for texts or uh, joe at rte.ie if people want to send in at least some flavour of their experience or indeed if you want to advocate on somebody's behalf, uh, do come on and talk to us as well. But it would obviously be good to get the first person perspective of people who are who are finding uh, this frustrating as well and thanks very much for, for that Catherine yeah and, and the best look and I hope look I, I hope it is uh, rectified and, and that delay uh, on live programmes is reduced uh, in the short term Catherine good afternoon to you good afternoon Colm you were listening and to Jay there Yes, I have been listening to Jay and I have been so delighted to hear he's his, um, making this um, open to the public because it is very frustrating. I'm just advocating for a friend who comes to visit me and he loves to watch the news when it's uh, synchronised with the, um, the subtitles. But sadly, lately, it isn't. It usn't be like that to the extent that it is now, but um, it's very far behind now. Oh, you, and you, you, a lot of so the, it used to be better, but you feel it's deteriorated. I think it do used you? to be better. Yes, I do believe it was better. And Certainly. You, and you you were listening to Anne there. She was talking about the delay. Now, she hasn't lost her subtitles entirely. So what, are you're with a provider where the subtitles are there, but the speed or this, how synchronised they are is the issue you have? Exactly, exactly. And um, I don't think it's anything to do with the speed of the fibre or the connection because I have um, a very good, I'm connected with fibre and it's it's with air. And I don't know if that it's anything to do with Virgin really in my case because um, I think it's just delayed. Right. And it's the same with uh, programs like entertainment programs like uh, Dancing with the Stars is a nice program to watch and it's very lighthearted and entertaining and uh, we really enjoy it. But again, the subtitles have to be turned off for that program. Um, my my uh, friend is dead from birth and it irritates them actually to see the subtitles so so um, when they're not synchronised and when they're so far, you know, and they're they're... Uh, juggled is the only way you could describe it, really. And, it's and not proper sentences that come up on the screen, even at times. And for something that, say, for an example, uh, uh, an entertainment programme where, I suppose, the delivery of a punchline, they're going to see you laughing, maybe you're not enjoying things at the same time. I suppose, does it take away from the communal experience of enjoying something together? Well, not really. Not really. I wouldn't say that now. It's just, please turn off the subtitles, is what I hear because um, the entertainment programme is lovely and it's very enjoyable, but the, the subtitles are very distracting when they're not synchronised. So your deaf friend will tell you to turn them off because they're yes. out of whack, is yes. it? Really? Yes, absolutely. And that has just happened really recently, I notice. Yes. 
And uh, you say you, you notice your friend uh, getting frustrated, like to to the point that they just give up on the subtitles because well, yes. they're yeah, more I annoying than not having them. Exactly. I don't think he gets frustrated, but I, he just he doesn't like it. He just says, please turn up the subtitles because they're so bad. And how, yeah, do, how does very, how, very poor. And how does he manage then in terms of enjoying the programme? I mean, what aspects of it does he well, enjoy he's very then? Good at lip reading. All right. And he is, yes. And even though he may not, um, you know, he doesn't hear, he hasn't heard from birth, but he um, can get the vibrations of the music, we'd say, with Dancing with the Stars and that. So he enjoys the programme very much and it is very entertaining. But really, I suppose the news and, um, you know, current affairs, really, those are the ones I think that are most uh, annoying. Because, no? because the the pace of the pictures is important to your understanding exactly. of the story. Exactly. I mean, I, I, in, exactly. I, bef- before working in radio, well, that's yes. before working here in radio. I worked over in 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 the newsroom, and the the rule of writing a television news package is always right to the pictures. That you know, you don't just tell a story independently of what's going on. That you look at the pictures that have come in from the cameramen that work all over the country or the wire service that provide them, and. You, you write to the pictures, you describe what's going on or you reference the pictures as you script your news story and, and introduce the various themes in it. So that they're, they're very much tied to one another. Tied to one another. Yes, Colin, I'd imagine that. Well, thank you. Anyway, um, it's just, you know, a lot of the programmes are wonderful and the movies and everything, to be able to have subtitles is just so wonderful. That, uh, but I just felt... Um, I, I really had to compliment Jay for ringing in initially and uh, airing this well, well, indeed, and thanks, thanks to Jay and indeed to yourself and Anne. We'll take a break. We're back with more after this. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Colm O'Mungain here, 51551 for your text, joe at rte.ie for your emails or you can WhatsApp us voice notes 087 484 8888. Mary, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Colm. How are you? Yeah, well, I'm sorry to hear what you're going through. Can you tell the listeners um, the trouble you're having? Well, it's my doggy, and uh, I have him, I suppose, 10 years now. And my husband died last year, and uh, he's he's a big dog, Colm. He's, he's um, uh, probably was a little bit overweight, but my husband sort of looked after him. Do you know, we, we've, we've a couple of dogs here, but... Uh, since my husband died, uh, the dog sort of has gone downhill a little bit, and I thought, so he, he was walking very bad. I knew there was something wrong, so I brought him down to the vet, and um, I said I wanted an X-ray. So he said, um, that was fine. He'd X-ray the dog, and I said, well, what will it cost? And he said, um, per leg, he said, it is... Uh, Per leg, it was 80-something uh, euros, but I needed his four legs, uh, we'll say, x-ray. I didn't realise that's the way they operate. But well, that's, so, anyway, so it's four separate x-rays at 80 euros each to get the dog's four legs x-rayed. Yeah. yeah, so the whole bill column came to three, 380 euros. He said he, he actually uh, did an extra x-ray, but he didn't charge me for that. And it was, 
yeah, 380 euros, which I thought was like outlandish, really, because you'd imagine one extra would do it, but that's the way they operate. Per, right, so it's, per, a, it's, it's not just a kind leg. of a, a full body x-ray or even one, one yeah, whole side of the dog. Hoping. Oh, yeah, that's what I was hoping for, Colin. But no, he said he'd have to. And it was really just his front, his front left leg that was uh, where he was carrying it. So he said he'd he'd uh, extra the four, the four legs. Right. So that's the bill came back, and he said that he wasn't happy with that. That he he couldn't see it clearly. He'd send it off to a neurologist. Would that be right, or or somebody in that field that could take a better look? So he came back anyway, and he told me it was. Bad news. Now, I wouldn't have been able to talk to you yesterday, but I'm over the shock of it now, uh, Colin. But it wasn't good news, sir. He has he has cancer in his left shoulder. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I was, oh God, I just I didn't. That was um, the other day and it just took me a while to get over. But now I realise that he's after having a great life because I both of us rescued him over very bad place, you know, and he's had a great life and... Um, I'm trying to console myself that Sure, way. but I mean, he's he's he, he's part of the life you had. He's part, part oh of the life God, you had with absolutely. your husband and is, is probably yeah, a link to him. Yeah, and, oh yeah, absolutely. It's the last link I have, actually. And um, we spent many, many's a happy hour walking, walking the dogs for miles. You know yourself. And, well, it's time that the dog has to go. But I, I came back to him there this morning to know what's the next stage. So... Uh, the next stage, column is that to put the dog asleep, uh, the cost of cremation, uh, it's it's utilisation and the, it depends on what way you want to go. But the bottom line is you pay 90 euros. I give another 90 euros now to put the dog that's asleep. Just, that's just for the injection, is it? That's just for the injection. Right. Now, if I wanted, if I was, if I wanted, we'd say, to get the dog cremated, it is 222 euros just to get him cremated. 222. Yeah. And if you really, if you really uh, want to go all out, uh, you get, you get the dog cremated and you get back their ashes. The first price is without ashes. It's 222 to to just get him cremated. And with ashes? Then if you want, with ashes is 420. 420, right. 20, yeah. So and what's what's included in that? Is that, that to get the ashes and, and an back, urn, is it? You get back, yeah, yes, yeah. So uh, needless to say now, um, Colm, I don't have that type of money. And, well, just to tally um, it up for the listeners who are, you know, that's, you, you've paid 380 now for the x-ray and 90 yeah. if, if you wanted to get the jab and then the 420 if you wanted to go for that on top of that. Um, yes, no. You're, you're looking at, a, you're, look, you're looking at, um, so four hundred and twenty, and 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 the ninety is five hundred and ten, and then you're looking yeah. at eight hundred and ninety euro all told. That's the, that's the guts of a thousand yeah, euro yeah. by the time you got to. It's a huge yeah, 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 just to put him asleep, and like I have already spent fifteen hundred on his other leg to say to save to save the leg. He he hurt himself while I was walking, and he pulled ligaments or something, and that cost us fifteen hundred. Now you don't mind stuff like that because he he kick. the vets did a great job. Right. Like I'm not really giving out, but the vets are wonderful. I'm not. It's I'm not giving out about the vets. It's just when you don't have the money and you're trying to make ends meet, it it seems an awful amount of money to like I've got no results really. Only that I have to put to sleep. That 
you'd imagine that that's enough of a cost to pay the, the extra, but it doesn't work that way. It, to put them asleep now, only put them asleep is costing, it's going to cost 90 And do you mind, me, do you mind me asking, um, mm-hmm. if, if you get a dog put to sleep, I mean, yeah. what, what are the but options then, for what happens afterwards? I mean, if, if is there anything else apart from cremation that you can do? Well, there is, you see, the commission, the, the, the top price there, column is four hundred and twenty euros. You will, the dogs committed and handed back to you in in the ashes. You see, so therefore, that's it dealt with. You keep the ashes or whatever. But with me, I'm not going to be able to afford to pay that, and I, I don't really, I don't go down that road. Which I've had lots of dogs, and all we've loved every one of them. But you have to be realistic as well. Now, I will put her asleep and that will be 90 euros. If that's, and I have to look after the dog myself then. I'd have to bury him. Do you know, that's the cheapest option is is to, uh, they'll hand you back the dog the, the, asleep. The, and, and, where, and then you have to bury the dog yourself. And where are you allowed to bury a dog? And look, I'm sure you'd, you'd you know, you'd, you'd be keen to kind of do it respectfully. He sounds like a oh, great lifelong companion. Yeah. And as yeah, you say, at, at many the happy hours spent with your husband, your late husband, um, walking. Oh God, yeah, walking. absolutely. Lovely memories I have, yeah. yeah and and unfortunately, if you're a dog lover, Colin, you get terrible, you get terrible attached. They're part of the family. He's, he's part of the family here now. I hate to see him go, but I'm not feeding into too much today because I'm going to have to do it tomorrow. But it was just the cost element that and really it, and truly... The, 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 sort of the, me. And the, the Blue Cross charity that uh, that that you know offer a, a lower cost uh, veterinary service does not one of those services in your no, area. You know is something? There? That's the first I've heard of it. I wouldn't think so. Not not where I am. Where I'm, I'd say you'd have to go to something for that. Now, John, I could be wrong, or sorry, uh, Colin, I could be wrong, but um, that's the way we always did it. We took the dog home and we'd bury it at the bottom of the garden. We're lucky enough we have a uh, you know a long garden that that there's a couple of dogs there and we'd bury the dog and that's and that's and that's it. And you know you have the memory of it and he's there at the bottom of the garden. You know what I mean? But the other way is cremation and the price goes crazy. Then you know it goes right. from ninety up to. Up to what did I say? Four four hundred and and uh, twenty or something. Yeah, if right. you want the full cremation, which with your, the ashes, and you you don't have to bury them. I'm like I'm sure you you're know. not the only person you know with with, with the with, with the experience of this. People who you know are, get the shocking news after you know an outlay of uh, well, the shocking outlay, you know, or, or the bill is presented to them, and then then they get the bad news, and they have to start well, contemplating the costs. That's what's what's a very difficult time for people. You know, when they're part in company with a life companion, and that's probably why I just wanted to ring in. People get get dogs, get dogs for children on Christmas time, and that, and they've no really idea. And the they've no idea if anything goes wrong with the dog. What what is actually going to cost to if and you know, no matter what happens, even a visit, I think it's fifty, sixty euros just to get them checked over. And it seems to be getting more expensive. Yeah, so and, and it's pe- a people, warning to dog lovers, you know. And people should keep keep up to date with the with the regular jabs because if you don't get them updated, you'll have to go back to scratch yes. and get them all all, all done again. Did and you, you see the other thing too, Colm, is uh, that I would have insured him, but because he was a rescue dog and we had no papers. Now we 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 know he's a he he was a good good breed of a dog, but. Because you've no papers, you won't get insurance, or you will, but it's very difficult to 
naturally, I suppose, when they don't know the dog, if you have papers, you can insure your dog, no problem. And then you're safe against these charges. What, sorry, what, 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 what kind of papers, Mary? Well, you, you know, when if you go to a reputable um, breeding centre that, you know, but you see, I, I found so, the so dog in a very bad place, yeah. So I, he, he has no papers. Do you know so what if I you mean? get if you get a dog informally from somebody who you know yes. their dog has a litter and they give you a pup and you get it chipped or whatever else that's not enough for yes. insurance is it not? No, no, no. That you'd you'd have to have all the details. Now I stand oh, corrected, right. but okay, I, right. I I know I'm fairly right on and that I, one. And you can only get insured to a certain age of a dog. Is it the first seven years or something like that? I, yeah. I remember somebody somebody uh, another dog owner um, telling me yeah. that. Would you replace him, Mary? Oh God! And I, 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 I know, I know, replace mm. is is kind of the wrong word, but I mean for your for yourself, would you, you try you and get another him. dog companion? Uh, yes. Oh God, I would never be without a dog. That's the truth. And because I'm on my own, uh, he was my security blanket, and he was very good at at um, around the yard, very protective altogether. So I feel. That's going to be gone as well. So I, I, I don't. I honestly, my heart is broke today to tell you the truth. But it's just because uh, I said I'll, I'll, um, I'll come on and talk to you about it. Know. But if it was yesterday, Colin, I wouldn't have been able. That's the and truth is the poor fella in pain? Well, uh, I've given him painkillers, and the vet gave me painkillers. But the job has to be done now tomorrow. Okay. Do you know, I mean, I can't, I can't, because I know I have to say goodbye to him, I can't delay it any longer, you know, because he, he it's like he, the dog knows, call him, I swear, because he's, he's acting very strange and he's never left my side and he knows himself he's not well. And so uh, it's something you don't want to drag out, you know, I don't want him in pain and, oh, yeah. and so I, I'll, I'll start company with him tomorrow. I'm sure you'll be making, making the most out of that. Uh the next, next 24 stay, hours yeah. of this. Will you stay yeah, with us, Mary, because um, Elena, will, Co- Elena Kogavin is, is, is on the phone. Elena, thanks for calling us. Oh, okay, Colm. No so- problem. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry that you're calling in on, under the circumstances, but you've been, I know, you've been I know. listening to Mary um, there. Tell us the situation you're in. I just, yeah, it's just ironic the way I was driving up here to the vets and Mary came on <sighs> and I'm actually sitting outside just getting up the courage to go in to collect my dog's um, ashes. Oh, I'm sorry to hear oh, that. Oh, golly. I know. And, um, yeah, it's, as I said, it comes down. I know I could have ch- chose not to have her cremated and to take her ashes, but I just decided I did want that. So that's setting me back now, which I'm on a pension, 580 euro. Oh, my God. Huge money, isn't so, and, and when I do empathise with you, dear. I really do. I know what you're going through. I've had my dog now for at least 10 years. And he just, yeah. you know, I don't have to say that he's part of the family here. And the yeah. husband being gone leaves it a little bit harder because you're on your own with it then, you know, and you have well, to, yeah, you have to find the money and you will. Well, that's it. I know it's. I do without anything else. And I mean, I yeah. have my other dogs all in their little caskets. I know at home mm. and um, yeah, I just decided no. Well. And, and Elena, I didn't did, want did, did you have medical bills in advance of that because 580 euro, you know, you've, you've I gone. did, yeah. I did. Um, Even though she was on a plan, it only covered the vet visit and bloods once a year. It didn't cover, um, like the past, say, 
six months she'd been in and out for nights on a drip which for two nights has been like 600 euro each time you know they even charge you for the little the the needle going into her arm to put the drip That's in right. everything is itemized you know every single thing is itemized so Elena, you know, Elena will, will you will you stay with us just just because we, we're going to be back and we have to just take a short break, but I just, we just want yes, to hear, hear more sure. from you in just a minute. We'll be back after this. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Colm O'Mungan here. We heard from Mary before the break. She was talking about the uh, staggering cost of getting checkups for the dog and then also the cost of cremation. And Elena Cogavan, who sadly is sitting outside the vet to uh, collect her dog, the cost of cremation and to get the casket back has set her back 580 euro. She's just there waiting to collect now. And Una Quintiliani, how are you doing? You've um, You've been through this. I've been through this, yeah. No, it's it's quite raw, actually. My husband passed away on the 23rd of July last year. He was a gunner in the 59th Battalion in Lebanon. And um, so basically, uh, he I'm had a very dedicated... Sorry, not as sorry as I am. Almost 45 years married to to a dedicated, lovely Italian and he was everything to me and everything to my family and children and the whole community here. Uh, So in Mullingar, he served in the 59th Battalion in Lebanon. So I'm thinking of the boys in Harish and Tivdon Bridge. And I want to send them the best. I mean, if they're listening to Joe, which it probably will be. And uh, just sort of thinking and praying for them, you know, that they're kept safe. And then the other thing is that four days before my husband passed away, his uh, little Jack Russell, Sasha, passed away. Oh, I'm sorry and to hear that too. Yeah, that's, that, that was... We had, we had a, like, I mean, my husband wasn't well. And I just said, I'm going to have to talk to him about what if, if something happens to his dog, because his dog was, she was almost 12 and she was dedicated to him, you know. And sometimes dogs can die of a broken heart, you know. So it's it's a syndrome like for people as well. You have to watch it, you know, if you lose somebody, that you don't end up having that. It's an actual um, uh, medical condition um, discovered by a Japanese doctor many, many years ago. But anyway. So, so Una, you, you, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're coming up against the, the clock and I'm sorry to rush on it, but, but, but what happened? We, we donated Slash's body to the College of Surgeons in Dublin, the, the Veterinary College of Surgeons in Dublin, Balls Bridge, so that the next, so the vets, the young vets that are being taught could uh, analyse, like do an autopsy and a post-mortem on the dog. And maybe by doing that, they, we were helping them uh, to learn how to look after and, uh, you know, how to, it, so it was a, a tutoring, tutoring, you know what I mean? So it didn't cost me anything like what the women are talking about. First of all, I was teaching young vets coming up and Sasha didn't die for nothing. And secondly, when she came back to me, she came back in a beautiful pine casket with her name Sasha on it. And when my husband had passed away, I put the casket into his oak coffin at his left foot where she used to always lie in the bed beside his left foot. So basically, you know, there there are other options. So she's interred with my husband in a place called uh, Dangan in Summerhill in Knuxara and Cundinavie. All right. Well, I mean, I hope that was a consolation to you that you were able to see see yeah, your late husband off with a, with, with a consolation of his own canine companion. 
Exactly, precisely, exactly. Right. And Heffern undertakers in trim were absolutely excellent. There was nothing that they wouldn't do for Gunnar uh, Carroll. Uh, and, and just very quickly, uh, Una, could you just tell us how, how you just how did you get in touch with, with the college? Uh, and well, where did you hear of it? Veterinary surgeon. I have a fantastic veterinary surgeon, David Fagan. And uh, David, um, I uh, rang and made, well, actually, Carlo rang and gave instructions because it was his dog. Right. And uh, the girls, they are absolutely excellent. And actually, they, they, they have a, um, it's a, a seven days a week. They're covered by Summer Hill Veterinary as well. So we're never without okay. a vet, if you Una, I'm, 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 I'm very sorry for your double loss and I can only say thanks to you for calling in. Elena, sorry for your loss too and, and the best of luck with your, your collection there and earlier uh, to Mary today. That's our lot for today on Sound. Harry Buckless research was by Richie Byrne. The producer was Annette Egan and Ray Darcy's next. 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.